Hi everyone and welcome to season three, episode one. I can't believe we're here with a new season already. <laughs> we go so fast. Yeah, we just um, dropped the last batch of season two a few days ago, but we're trying to get ahead of things. And so now we're starting on season three and we're excited. I think this will be a good season. I mean, we always say that and they always do a good job. <laughs> They're sure usually <laughs> all good. I can't think of a season ever that I've like at the end have said, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a good season. Yeah. So here we go with season three. We've got a whole new batch of 12 teams. This episode aired originally on October 2nd, 2002. And we thought it might be kind of fun to look back and see what was going on in the world in 2002. I was, I would have been 13. You were nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was our world. No, I was 11. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can do math. <laughs> no, I was 11. I was in fifth grade. Yeah, I was in seven, eighth grade. So I might have been sixth grade because this was like October 2002. No, I would have been in fifth grade. Yeah. Seems a long time ago. So that's why we wanted to kind of just, you know, see what was going on at that time. Drop us into... <laughs> Where we are at. Blast from the past. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to get started on some of the popular music of the time, which is, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) when you hear the ones that we were listening to back then, it makes me want to like re-listen to them. Or in some of them, I'm like, I've never even heard this song before. Probably when I hear it, I would recognize it. But okay, I'll just do the top 10 songs right now so the first okay well 10 blurry by puddle of mud i don't know if i know that one it's m-u-d-d um it's a top 10 of that here so that's one you got a bad by usher what's love by fat joe (laughs) featuring ashanti in the end lincoln park a thousand miles vanessa carlton for sure yes (laughs) wherever you will go by the calling dilemma by nelly Hot in Here by Nelly. That one's for sure. He was a uh, big deal back then. Yeah. <laughs> Foolish by Ashanti and How You Remind Me by Nickelback was number one song of the year. <laughs> I had that CD. I, ha- I had the Nelly CD too. I don't really even listen to like hip hop music that much, but I loved Nelly. Yeah. So some other songs that ones that I recognize because those top 10, I'm just some of them, <laughs> some of them know. So there was uh, like My Sacrifice by Creed, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Complicated Avril Lavigne, Get the Party Started Pink, <laughs> um, Whenever Wherever Shakira, Ooh, Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Oh, that was like, <laughs> that takes me back to middle school oh, dances yeah. so bad. <laughs> that one literally like drops me right into yeah. the time. <laughs> Soak Up the Sun, Cheryl Crow. So it was pretty good music. That, those are good songs. Mm-hmm. I actually heard not that long ago, like a week or two ago, that the music that you listened to when you were 14 is the music that you listen to for the rest of your life. Hmm. And that's totally true because all of those songs were came out when I was 13, 14. And that's, I still love that music and not in like a 
it takes me back type way. Like I still, yeah, I still like the music. It's just like comforting, I guess. And it's good music. Yeah. I was just looking up like the year that I was 14 and to see if that was true. And yeah, those are much more memorable to me. (laughs) But the one that I think is interesting is 2002 was a great year for movies. These are movies that I literally rewatch all the time as like my comfort movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll do the top 10 and then I'll tell you some of the greats, but the okay. top 10 are great. <laughs> okay. So 10 is A Beautiful Mind, 9, Ice Age, mm-hmm. 8, Men in Black 2, 7, Austin Powers Gold Member, 6, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, best, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> Signs, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Star Wars Episode 2, and then number one was Spider-Man. Yeah, the Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So those were great. Those are all good movies. <laughs> Other good ones from this year were Lilo and Stitch, um, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh. Let's see. The Scorpion King. I love all the Mummy franchise. I don't think um, I've seen that one. The Rookie was good. Oh, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Catch Me If You Can, Made in Manhattan, Ocean's Eleven, Two Weeks Notice, um, Big Fat Wire, which I loved at the time, A Walk to Remember. Oh my gosh. Um, Have I told you the story about A Walk to Remember with Grandma? I don't know. So our Grandma Lorene, she... In her later years, she had, I don't even remember what the condition that she had, but she had like a hard time remembering things and kind of like being super coherent. (laughs) I was at her house one time and she was watching this movie and it was about this couple that got lost in the desert and they were like being attacked by wolves and the husband, I think they were on their honeymoon and the husband got his leg stuck between like a rock and the (laughs) wife had to cut off his leg. And it was (laughs) super like, uh, terrible. And I was like, grandma, what movie are you watching? And she said, I think it's a walk to remember. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, "Um, I think not. (laughs) I don't think so, but okay. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Oh, some others are, Okay, like these ones are seriously like prime sleepover. Like this is what we watched at sleepovers, you know, Mm -hmm. like Enough with Jennifer Lopez. I don't know why we loved that one so much because it's about like a woman getting abused by her husband. (laughs) I think I only watched that one one time. We loved that that. one. Drumline. So great. Crossroads. (laughs) Yep. Great. Let's see. There was a few others. Tuck Everlasting was Mm -hmm. good. Treasure Planet, I think is one of. The best Disney movies. I think it's so underrated. It that is. I haven't seen out. that one for a while. And The Hot Chick. So <laughs> I just watched that a couple of weeks ago, actually. Because <laughs> it's me, Jessica. Oh, that one came out actually in 2001, December 2001. But it was still oh, on the popular pop, in 2002. Like the top. Anyways, great year for movies. <laughs> I am so glad we had those 2002 movies. <laughs> I know. We need to go back and watch. My Big Fat Greek Wedding is like my number one favorite movie mm-hmm. and i am a travel agent because of that movie oh, because yeah. tula was a travel agent yeah that's such a good one <laughs> like sweet home alabama mm-hmm. is a good one to i watch lord of the rings like all the time i have watched them each one time because my husband made me 
because he's obsessed with them too. Not as much as you are, though. He doesn't just like sit down and watch them like you do. I don't know how you do that. I don't either. <laughs> They're just like my comfort movies. I don't know. They're not very comforting. <laughs> I, don't, I literally could just, I mean, I do. I watch them several times a year. They're just. Yeah, that's wild know. to me. <laughs> Anyways, head here. <laughs> Well, so I'm going to talk about some of the current events and the things that were happening in 2002. So we wanted to start doing this from now on. And for most of the time that The Amazing Race has been running, they do two seasons a year. But since this is the first time we're doing this, we're going to do all of 2002. But then moving forward, we'll probably do like the first half of the year and the second half of the year. Yeah. So... The Super Bowl that year was between the New England Patriots and they beat the St. Louis Rams. And then in February, right after the Super Bowl, was the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City, which was amazing for us because we are from Utah. So Mm -hmm. we got to go watch some events like with our school and our grandma was in the opening ceremonies. So I got to go to the opening ceremonies with my grandpa. It was amazing. Yeah, I went to the bobsled show or race show. The show. <laughs> the bobsled race in Park City. And it was so cool. And like right now, they're hopefully getting the Olympics to come back in 2030. So mm-hmm. it'd be so cool to have that twice in our lifetime. I know. That would be amazing. And I think that they should do that. They need to start being more economical with these Olympic games. Oh, yeah, for so sure. repeating locations. We didn't get to go to the the official olympics we went to the paralympics downhill skiing with my that was what my class got to go to so but that was really cool because they were skiing on one leg and that was amazing (laughs) in february queen elizabeth (laughs) gave new york city mayor rudy giuliani honorary knighthood wow (laughs) there's a lot of stuff too because obviously 9-11 happened just a few months before this. So there's a lot of things about Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff like that. There, there's a lot. So I'm not going to go into too much of that. But the Oscars, you said A Beautiful Mind was one of the top movies. It won the Best Picture at the Academy Awards that year. In June 2002 was when Elizabeth Smart was kidnapped from her home in Salt Lake City. So that was also close to home for us. <laughs> yeah, that was. And pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. 2002 was when American Idol first aired. And we have Kelly Clarkson, the first American Idol winner, who was still amazing. Mm-hmm. The Anaheim Angels played the San Francisco Giants to win the World Series in seven games. United Airlines filed for bankruptcy. Obviously, they came out of that because they are still an airline. (laughs) U.S. Airways, I think, also filed for bankruptcy, and I don't know. I don't think they exist anymore. The name sounds familiar, but I've never, like, booked anybody on a U.S. Airways flight. I don't don't think they're around anymore. This BuzzFeed article is very informative. Oh, okay. (laughs) This says that... (laughs) I love BuzzFeed. Halle Berry was the first black actress to win. Oh, yeah. For um, that, uh, the best, best actress. Oscar. Yeah, best Oscar. <laughs> Guess who was people's sexiest man alive? Ooh. 2002, um, Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. It was? Yeah, yes. good guess. <laughs> yeah. I loved him. I, I think that was just like a year after Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. He was like big time. 
Yeah. Brittany and Justin officially broke up. <laughs> Michael Jackson dangled his son off the balcony oh gosh, I remember of that. the hotel. Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. got married. And they're still married. That's so awesome. You two performed at the halftime Super Bowl. Super Bowl halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Ortega was born in 2002. She's kind of a big deal right now. Wednesday. The girl from, oh yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, she's really young. <laughs> yeah, she's like 21. 20, yeah, 21. And everyone was still playing the original Sims. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Video games and computer stuff has come a long oh, way yeah. since then. <laughs> it's like even super obvious from the graphics in The Amazing Race. We've talked about that in past seasons too, but it's just kind of funny to go back and see. <laughs> yeah. 2002 was a pretty good year. It was a good year. I mean, obviously, don't want to go back, but <laughs> fond memories. Yeah. Good memories in 2002. Okay, well, let's start introducing the new teams. So they start in the Everglades for this season in Florida. And we have 12 teams. They come in on these airboats. I've been on one of those airboats. Have you been to the Florida Everglades? No, I've only been to Disney World. <laughs> okay. It's only time I've been to Florida. Me and Jeff went there on our honeymoon. Like, not just the Everglades, but we went on a cruise. And then we did, like, our last day in Florida before our flight. We went to the Everglades. It was pretty cool, actually. It's huge. It's, like, a huge area. Yeah. It looks interesting. Mm -hmm. They're there for, like, one minute. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> they come, yeah, come in on those airboats. And Phil says all the stuff that he says, you know. 13 legs in this race, nine of them are non are elimination points. Uh, your cash has to cover all your expensive expenses, but airline tickets, and then... Ready, set, go. <laughs> well, my The world line, is waiting. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. The world is waiting for you. I can't wait for Phil to say that to us once. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how we start off every season, we're going to kind of just give you a little rundown of each team. First, we have Heather and Eve. They are roommates from Harvard Law School, and at the time of this airing or this filming, they were 25, and they became friends on the first day of school. They both seem to have done quite a bit of traveling on their own. They've actually never traveled together, so they're excited and nervous about that, but um, they both did some studying abroad in Europe, which gives them an advantage, mm -hmm. I think, and also... Uh, Heather says she can speak a little bit of French and Spanish, and Eve can speak a little bit of Spanish. So that's a heads up. We see early on in this episode that Eve is really terrified of heights and flying. Yes. So that's one of the most, the things that she's most scared about. Heather points out in her little bio that um, that is one of Eve's weaknesses, is her fear of flying and being able to do some physical challenges. And Eve says, Heather is competent and strong, and spontaneous and we have fun together so i don't see how that's a weakness it says what are the strengths and weaknesses of your teammate and she doesn't say any weaknesses <laughs> so that's pretty nice of her but i can kind of see from the very beginning that they get along pretty well mm -hmm. so we'll see how that goes next coming in is michael and kathy and they met a year and a half prior to the race in cancun mexico and they kept in touch and maintained a long-distance relationship. They've never spent more than five days together in the same place at one time. 
which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And so their primary motivation for going on the race is to see how compatible they are as a couple. They say that they're polar opposites. Kathy is high strung under pressure when Michael is very laid back. And Michael has done quite a bit of traveling through Mexico, England, France, Holland, Spain, and Canada. Kathy has been to Mexico, Philippines, and Canada. Michael speaks English and pretty good in Spanish, too. And (laughs) the most important item in Michael's backpack is his CD player. (laughs) CD. (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't exist anymore. He says that because he feels the music will change his mood to a good one. And Kathy's most valuable item in her backpack is her journal, which is more sentimental. (laughs) So Michael lived in San Diego at this time, and Kathy lived in Michigan. So that is pretty far away. And to be together for a year and a half, long distance like that, and not seeing each other hardly ever, and for not a long period of time, they were brave to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how that one turns out if and when they get eliminated. (laughs) Yeah. Next team up is Dennis and Andrew. They are a father and son duo from Lexington, Kentucky. And Andrew is 21. Dennis is 48. So Andrew is a liberal, openly gay college cheerleader. And his dad is a conservative Southern Baptist. So they have very... (laughs) different lives and <laughs> interests and things like that but they seem they seem like they still just like love each other and mm-hmm. get along pretty well but they want to use this time to get to know each other better and um dennis said he wants to get to know andrew while traveling outside the country before with him before he moves on and starts his own life dennis has done quite a bit of traveling he's done six different trips outside of the u.s but andrew has never left the u.s And they say the most stressful thing about traveling is preparation because Dennis thinks he has to know everything that's going to be in a situation and has to know everything that's going to happen. Andrew says the most stressful thing is worrying about forgetting something like money or food or deodorant. (laughs) His biggest fear, Andrew's biggest fear by far is sharks. So he's really nervous that they're going to make him swim with sharks or get in the ocean, which will be interesting to see if that happens Mm -hmm. in this season. I wonder if they ever do that on purpose. Like, take these bios and they're like, okay, he's afraid of sharks. We're definitely doing some ocean snorkeling. I know. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they seem like they have a big age difference and they don't have, like, the same interests or lifestyles and stuff, but they are nice to each other so far. So we'll see how that goes. Next is Flo and Zach. They are both New Yorkers and 23 at the time of the race and they went to college together at Vassar College and they've been good friends since then they met five years before the race they both have done a lot of traveling on their own but they the only time they've traveled together is one 24-hour trip from New York to Boston but they both know three languages Flo knows Italian, French, and Spanish, and Zach knows English. Well, you can't list English as one of your... <laughs> so, okay, Flo knows four languages, including English. Zach knows Czech and Spanish. Hmm. Czech is very Yeah, unique. that's an interesting one. And the countries that they are hoping to visit on the race, Flo really wants to go to China, and Zach wants to go to Mongolia. 
So they feel pretty prepared knowing a lot of different languages. Flo says that she's super competitive and gets gets along well with others. That really, like, I have, I'm struggling not to laugh when I say that because she is one thing that I remember from this season. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And that's not... I don't, I wouldn't say maybe even that she doesn't get along. She just is loud and naggy Mm. the whole time. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... (laughs) I thought it was interesting that when they were introducing him, they said they have, like, some romantic tension. And oh yeah, see. they're kind of seeing if they're a good fit, yeah. and so well, that one will also yeah. be interesting. <laughs> this would be a very big test on if that yeah. romantic relationship can <laughs> continue. But yeah, next is Derek and Drew. They are thirty-two-year-old twins, and they are models and kind of like aspiring actors. It seems like Drew is a bachelor, but Derek was married about a year before this and so they wanted to use this time to reconnect and spend more time together they both have done quite a bit of travel with like their work and their modeling in the u.s and outside of the u.s which is interesting because we kind of see at the beginning of this show that they kind of don't i don't know they don't seem very comfortable yeah traveling or too comfortable i don't know well i mean we'll get into that maybe they just didn't really have to like do anything on their own yeah they seem to be like good brothers they get along they're kind of like laid back and easy and nice and they both say that the most important thing is like being clean (laughs) they say that the biggest tip for traveling or the thing that is going to make them win this race is that they're going to have good breath and that they're going to be clean they said the most important thing that they packed was their floss and their toothpaste and their toothbrush Hmm. Like, that is really interesting. Okay. I feel like that would actually be a hindrance if you're worried so much about being clean. And uh, their nickname, like at the beginning of this episode, is called the Double Mint Twins. Okay. So that's probably where it came from. Because at first when I heard that, I was like, what does that even mean? But I think it's just because they just really like their teeth and being clean and have good breath. (laughs) (laughs) They said nobody wants to give directions to somebody with bad breath. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's pretty good. Um tip i guess so gina and sylvia are our stay-at-home mom team and they're both 30-something moms from south carolina gina has two kids sylvia has three kids so the traveling that they do together is put the five kids together in a minivan and the two moms in the front seat and go to like beaches and local places together so they haven't done any traveling together really and not a whole lot of traveling on their own either are there any other moms on this season it didn't seem like it maybe terry yeah terry but she's older so like these ladies have young kids the oldest is nine years old and the youngest between them is 16 months so i know that would be so hard yeah but they seemed really excited and wanted to do something for themselves. And I totally get that. So I am glad that they were doing this. They say that the most stressful aspects of traveling, especially on the, the Amazing Race, will be the language barriers and limited resources. You can't just pull out a credit card or hop on a plane to, you know, you have to, you'll have limited money and have to figure out where you're going on your own. 
mm-hmm. and the things that they are the things that they packed in their backpack that's important to them is pictures of their family yeah they're they're really sweet and nice and love their kids they're i like them a lot yeah they want to set a good example to show their kids that moms can have fun and do fun things and be successful at things so Mm -hmm. our next team is tramel and talisha they are brother and sister talisha is 29 and tramel is 22 she lives in la and he lives in indiana so they kind of have a big age difference when it comes to siblings and live far apart but they get along really well and they have i mean they say they have disagreements like siblings but they love each other and get along really well they have like the same sense of humor and uh like the same things uh, but talisha says that her brother like he's really smart he got like a 1300 on his sat or i guess that's good i don't know what a sat a good sat I don't still, know. score we took is the act so <laughs> yeah so um but he just takes the easy way to, out of things and she wants the race to teach him and like to teach him to take responsibility and have a taste of the real world um they do seem to be like really funny and like loud and funny and Mm -hmm. just like you know everybody around them is happy so i'm interested i'm interested to see how they go throughout the season and like the relationships they make and how that relationship goes the strengths and weaknesses about your teammate talisha says my strengths are me 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 and my weaknesses are him 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 (laughs) So we'll see what that means. And Tramel says, I speak two languages fluently, English and bad English. <laughs> I don't know. They just seem funny already. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. <laughs> Aaron and Ariane, which is kind of confusing. We have a lot of Aaron and Ariane, Derek and Drew, Tramel and Talisha, mm-hmm. a lot of alliterative. Oh, a lot of alliterative teams. Yeah. They have been friends for over 15 years. They met at the Florida Academy of Dramatic Arts, which I hope that they call FADA. F-A-D-A. <laughs> <laughs> he originally thought that she was stuck up and a show-off, but they became friends and have had many wonderful memories together. Ariane? Ariane? Ariane. Ariane. I think Ariane. Ariane was disappointed because she wanted Aaron to be straight and he is gay. So they can't be a couple. So they're best friends. Aaron is a preschool teacher. (laughs) He was at the time of the race with a bachelor's of fine arts from New York university, which doesn't really add up, but that's, that's okay. We need lots of preschool teachers. (laughs) It doesn't seem like they've done a whole lot of traveling, but airports seem to be the thing that is like they feel like would stress them out the most in traveling waiting in the lines large crowds cramped spaces trying to get the airline tickets the possibility of losing a passport there's a lot that can happen at an airport at Mm -hmm. an airport so Mm -hmm. (laughs) the question right here says have you traveled together before and arianne's answer is we travel through life together (laughs) Okay. And both of their fears for the race is having to eat bugs. So we'll see if that happens too. Yeah. When they were asked what languages they speak, Aaron says the international language of love, and Ariane says body language. Okay, you so, guys. 
he just give us one straightforward answer? I know, right? <laughs> Next is Terry and Ian. They met over 22 years ago and have been married for 21 years. Ian at this time was 50 and Terry is 49. So I think they're our oldest team. And they both have done quite a bit of traveling together. They like to have experiences and adventures together. They've been to like Thailand and Belize and all these different places, which is a big leg up for them. Uh, There was one time they say here that they were scuba diving and Terry saved Ian's life because he became like disoriented and she made sure he didn't ascend too quickly. And she was totally there for him when he needed her and like saved her life. So that was pretty cool. They seem to be really supportive of each other, but Ian does seem to be very demanding and bossy. They both say that their biggest fear is losing, and Ian said there's nothing to fear but losing. (laughs) So I think they're pretty competitive. Yeah, sounds intense. (laughs) We didn't see a whole lot of them in this episode. They Mm -hmm. kind of flew under the radar there. Mm -hmm. They both speak English. Ian says he speaks a little bit of Thai. But if they go to Thailand again this season, that'll be so annoying. Can't be three, three seasons in a row. <laughs> and he wants to go to Antarctica on this season. Have they like, ever? Gone I was to gonna Antarctica? say, have they ever been to Antarctica? I don't. Not know. that I can like specifically remember, but yeah. who knows? It could be. So they're an older couple. They've been together for a long time. They're very supportive of each other. They have very strong personalities, and Ian seems to be. Well, they both seem to be really competitive. So we'll see. Next is Andre and Damon, and this is a great story. I love this story. So Andre was 32 and Damon was 33 at the time of the race. They met 10 years prior to the race at the University of Maryland. Damon transferred to another university and they lost touch for several years, but they were they reunited when they were stopped at the same traffic light in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> It's really cool. Andre is a police officer and Damon is a firefighter. So they are definitely used to dealing in with like high stress situations and having to make quick decisions. The reasons that they wanted to run the race were to challenge them physically and mentally and for the cash. Cha-ching is what it says. (laughs) Damon says that he is smart and his greatest asset is his brain. And Andre feels that he has the ability to read people so he thinks that that's going to give them an advantage like being able to kind of know what the other teams are up to they've both done because they were both in the military as well so they've done a lot of traveling and like living abroad with the military but leisure travel has not been very much andre says that he'll miss his wife the most and damon says that he'll miss his kids and his cell phone Damon speaks no languages, and Andre speaks English. So (laughs) I don't really know what that means, but... That's really funny. Andre would love to visit South America, and Damon wants to go to Egypt. I know we go to Egypt in season five, I feel like. I don't know why I remember that, but I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll go this season, too. We'll see. Okay, and... Our next team is Ken and Gerard. They are brothers, and they do not have a lot of similarities. They have (laughs) a lot of differences, is what they point out. 
Um, one is married, one is single, one's conservative, and one's liberal, one's gay, one's straight, one's a Republican, one's a Democrat. It's really funny. They're very, very different. <laughs> and they are two of eight siblings. I had eight siblings growing up. It says, despite their dramatic differences, they enjoy spending time together, and their favorite activities are eating, laughing, walking around New York City, and talking politics. They don't live in the same city anymore, so they're looking forward to getting back together and spending more time with each other. So Gerard says that his biggest fear about being on the race is having a lack of sleep, which I never really think about, but that's true. That would be very hard. And heights. And Ken says heights and not having any downtime without his brother. (laughs) (laughs) They both say... real. Yeah. (laughs) Ken says that he's... uh, Well, Ken says that Gerard is good with money and can make him laugh and... That he his weakness is that he talks too much and gets on his nerves. <laughs> and Gerard says <laughs> that Ken is good at getting what he wants, and he's also funny and will keep their spirits up. But he can be pushy and has a short fuse. And Ken speaks English only, and Gerard says he speaks Spanish. Oh, because Gerard spent a semester abroad in Spain, and that's where he wants to travel back to because he's he's been there, mm-hmm. he lived there, and they do seem really funny. I'm yeah, <laughs> excited I'm, to see yeah. them like interact and interact with other teams and stuff like that. I like them already. It's probably going to take us a while to figure out who is who. Well, Gerard is the one with that's married and has kids. Oh, okay. And well, that does help. Ken is not married and he's the gay one. Okay. We'll never be able to tell the twins apart. They look... They are very identical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, our last team is John Vito and Jill. John Vito was 28 and Jill was 24 at the time of the race and they were both originally from Staten Island, New York. John Vito still lived in Staten Island and then Jill moved to Manhattan. So, you know, not that far away. They met three years before the race. Um, It seems like they kind of had some mutual friends and John Vito was Jill's brother's best friend and in the episode jill did mention that she applied for the amazing race the first season originally with her brother and then her brother passed away in september 11th he was in one of the world trade centers which is awful but she said that after losing him on 9-11 i felt i should apply for apply for the show again and this time who should be a better runner-up than his best friend so their model was to live life to the fullest and john Vito said the opportunity of traveling the world with jill is the greatest reward and i liked them in this episode Mm -hmm. so that's like a like a book trope you know like the brother's best friend Mm -hmm. they're like comforting the in time of tragedy (laughs) yeah Jill actually has been to Europe on multiple occasions. She did a six-week backpacking trip and visited 14 different cities and then did another backpacking trip for three weeks with her sister. So she's done a lot of Europe traveling. So that will definitely be an advantage if they go to Europe this season, Mm -hmm. which they better because they skipped Europe last season. John Vito's previous travel experience has been either business or just like pure relaxation travel so he says he hasn't done a lot of adventure type travel like the race will be they did go to costa rica together that was their first vacation together john Vito says that jill's 
strength is that she's the smartest and most energetic person he knows and she's really spontaneous so he thinks that those qualities will lead them to the finish line jill says that jv (laughs) is full of strengths he's physically strong mentally and intellectually strong he's organized responsible and patient i don't think he brings any weaknesses to our team well so john vito speaks some spanish and Jill speaks some Italian. So we've got a lot of different languages this season. So we'll see if that comes... Well, Spanish, we already know, has been to a lot of people's advantage in this episode. So mm-hmm. Because the very first thing that happens yes. is <laughs> they run to their backpacks and get their first clue, which is the route info that says... Get yourself to the Angel of Independence in Mexico City. Mexico City. There's two flights available, and it's first come, first serve. And they only have $100 for this leg. Getting to the airport, people are terrible drivers. Oh, yeah. They were, like, cutting people off and running red lights, and yeah. The roommates, I don't know which one was driving, but she literally almost caused a crash on the way to the airport. Yeah, she just, like, (laughs) went right in front. Yeah, and then... um, Andre and Damon, one of them, whoever was driving, again, I'm not sure who yeah, yet. Those ran, ones will be hard. Yeah, they ran a red light. Anyway, so they're very aggressive if, getting to the airport. Should, wouldn't they get a penalty for that? I don't know. It didn't seem like it. They didn't say anything. But reckless driving like that, I feel like, should be a penalty. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that there was something taped to the steering wheel on some of the cars? Mm-hmm. I wonder what that was. There was like a paper taped to the steering wheel. I didn't see that. So. I didn't notice that. Well, the first flight is an American Airlines flight that leaves at 1.40 p.m. And the second flight is an Aeromexico flight that leaves at 2.30. The first one has seven teams. The second one has five. Mm -hmm. And that second one is almost an hour behind the first one. So it's a pretty big deal to get on that first one. And also there's less teams on the second one, which is also a lot more scary. Yeah, so you basically know it's if you don't make it on the first flight that... Mm -hmm you're in the race for last yeah and it seems like the american airlines and the aeromexico are in completely different terminals because they're asking they're asking people like in the car park and stuff like which one is closest or where should they go and some people are deciding oh well the first flight's probably already booked let's just hurry and go to the second one you know so on the first flight is heather and eve which were the harvard roommates john vito and jill which are the dating couple from Staten Island. Andre and Damon, the firefighter and the policeman. Mm-hmm. Is he a policeman? Mm-hmm. Aaron and Ariane, which are the friends. Friends from FADA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and Kathy. They're, which ones are they? The long distance The long distance couple. relationship. Flo and Zach, the ones who are maybe liking each other, but they're friends. And Dennis and Andrew, who are the father's son. Which means that Terry and Ian, who are our old couple of the season, they're <laughs> not even that old, but they're definitely older than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Trammell and Talisha, the brother and sister, Gina and Sylvia, soccer moms, and Ken and Gerard, who's, oh, and the twins mm-hmm. are on the second flight. And so Terry and Ian... When when I was saying they were in different terminals, like they got there before a few other teams, but they chose just to go to Aeromexico. Yeah, because I think because Aeromexico was first, like on the way to the terminals, Aeromexico was the first one. They're like, let's just go there. Yeah. 
which I don't think I would do even if it was closest. Because you're going to get on it anyways even yeah. if you didn't get well, on it. Well, because Flo one. and Zach were in that same um, like bus with them, and they also got out of Aeromexico, and they're like, well, shouldn't we like go try to get on American Airlines? And they went over there, and they did. Mm-hmm. So there probably was time. Yeah. And if you're at the airport already and you know it leaves an hour later, it gives you enough time to get there, see that you don't have a spot, and then go to the other one. Yeah, you should at least try. But whatever. (laughs) But right away, we're in the airport, and Heather and Eve just start asking people for money. I know. I thought that was so weird. It was really weird. Like, they have $100, and nobody else is asking for money, and nobody even mentioned, like, they're short on money, or... I mean, everybody's always, like, trying to... Make sure the why don't you get a head start? Yeah, making sure like the taxi driver doesn't like charge them too much. You know, they're always like keeping like being conscious of their money. But just right away, they were like asking men for money. There was another <laughs> thing when I introduced them at the beginning. There was one thing I was just gonna say. So Heather and Eve, they're both like from Harvard Law School. They're mm-hmm. very smart. Yeah. Well, so Eve went to the University of Michigan and went to Cornell. And went to London on a study abroad. And Heather went to Oxford on a study abroad. They both went to Harvard. They're obviously very smart. But they said that their secret weapon is their looks and their charm. I'm like, no, you're smart. Like, you don't. But they do that right away. They're just, like, flirting with guys for money. Yeah. Using their charm. We're in a race. Can you give us even 50 cents? So that kind of bothered me right from the beginning. Because we have done, like, more of a deep dive. And we see, like, where they went to school. All that kind of stuff. But just on the show, it just mentioned Harvard for, like, a second. Mm -hmm. And then they just start flirting and using their... But they're smart. I don't know. It's not not smart to ask for money or make sure you have enough money, but it just, I don't know. I feel like they're selling themselves short. (laughs) (laughs) They're keeping their brains in their back pocket for when they really need it, I guess. Hopefully. Well, the first flight arrives in Mexico City at 4 p.m., and this is where we find out that some of these um, racers can speak Spanish, and some cannot, because Mm -hmm. everybody knows the words muy rapido, and at least... It's in a Spanish-speaking country. Yeah. So. (laughs) Zach is, like, trying to tell the taxi driver that he can't pay him the 400 pesos. And Flo is like, don't mess with him or he'll kick us out. We don't want him to not take us there. And I think I just have jaded views from how much I was annoyed with her the first time I watched this. Really? But just the way that she says anything. Yeah. Because what she was saying, it wasn't, like, not right. (laughs) just the way she said it i was like oh here we go already i don't know Uh, maybe i just need to like give her the benefit of the doubt and like try to forget about the previous watch and just focus on this one because opinions do change like there's been a lot of times that i just even on regular tv shows like i watch the first time and i hate a certain character and then i watch it again and i like it so my example of that is breaking bad and skylar white the first time I watched it, I thought she was awful and so annoying and the worst character ever and like just like the worst lady, you know. And then a rewatch several years later, I'm like, um, she's right and everybody else is like taking advantage of her and she is smart and she is a strong woman. It's like growing up is realizing Skylar White is like the hero and not the enemy. <laughs> 
So maybe you'll think differently of Flo maybe. the second time around. I've never seen Breaking Bad, so I don't know what you're talking about. But I have well, heard about that character and that nobody likes her. Yeah, but she's actually great. And you watch <laughs> her when you're older and more mature. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so here we are in Mexico City. So let me tell you a little bit about Mexico City before we move forward. Okay. Well, Mexico City is the capital and the largest city of Mexico. It's also the most populous city in all of North America. And it's one of the world's alpha cities, which we talked about a while ago. It's like all-consuming of its area. You know, like the biggest city mm-hmm. around. There's not really anything comparable to it surrounding close yeah. by, you know. Yeah. In 2020, the population of the city proper was 9.2 million, but the population of greater Mexico City is 21.8 million. That is crazy. It's, yeah. It's the sixth largest metropolitan area in the world and the largest Spanish-speaking city in the world. It has a GDP of $411 billion, which was in 2011, so it's one of the most productive urban areas in the world. It's very unique, I think, to the rest of Mexico. I feel like it kind of like stands out like separate from the rest of Mexico. I don't know. Well, it says here that um, like the people of Mexico City demanded greater political autonomy and they got the right to elect leaders to represent them like as a, like a government as of its own. They kind of like operate on their own. So like within Mexico City, they have very like liberal laws so things like elective abortions limited forms of euthanasia no-fault divorce same-sex marriage things like that happen in mexico city not necessarily the rest of mexico which is very conservative so i thought that was unique and interesting it's also like mexico really gets a bad rap Mm -hmm. and there are some areas of mexico that are very dangerous but Mexico City is actually pretty safe to travel to. Yeah. And, and safe it, to live in. And it looks, I, I just feel like it's not a place that people say like, oh, I'm going on a trip to Mexico City. You know, like, I'm going to Paris. I'm going to London. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Mexico City. You know, there's like so much to do there. Well, yeah. It says here it has the most museums of any city in the world with more than 180 museums. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's nicknamed the Palace City because when the Spaniards came and settled it, they built palaces that rivaled those of like europe like mm-hmm. paris and vienna and stuff like that there's a lot of palaces which also is sad because they built them on top of aztec temples mm-hmm. they pretty much destroyed them and built on top of them um it's a very old city and one of the oldest signs of human occupation in the area date back to twelve thousand seven hundred years old wow which is like the beginning of time it seems like yeah know. Well, that's what I thought, because I, I was just listening to when we were in New Zealand from season two, when they said that people have been there for 30,000 years. And mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even know people <laughs> were around that long. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first city to host the World Cup twice, and it will host them again in 2026 when it's in North America. So in 2026, it's supposed to be like the US, Canada, and Mexico. So they'll host it three times by 2026. And it's, it's a very interesting looking city. I want to travel there, like mm-hmm. just there. Yeah. Have they had an Olympics there? I feel like there has been. Yeah. The 1968 Olympic Games were in Mexico City. That is definitely one place that I would be interested to go. I have been to like Cancun and 
Puerto Vallarta and Cabo, like the tourist destinations yeah. in Mexico, but I haven't ever been in interior Mexico. Yeah, I've been to Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, and Tijuana. Oh, yeah. I think I have been to Tijuana. Oh, Ensenada, too. Mm-hmm. We stopped in Ensenada on our cruise. <laughs> when I was in Cancun, we were in Playa del Carmen, actually, but at our resort, we met a family that lived in Mexico City, but the mom was from Russia and the dad was from Italy. Hmm. And they like lived and raised their kids in Mexico City. I thought that was really interesting. I was like, wow, what brought you there? (laughs) Yeah. And I saw a fact here that said almost 11 million people travel into the city to work every day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So there's already 9 million people in the city and then 11 million more come in every single day. Yeah. Wow. That's insane to me. That is insane. Speaking of a lot of people, (laughs) the next clue that they find, they get to the... What's it called? The Angel... The Angel of Independence. Angel of Independence statue. And Aaron and Ariane get there first and open up the clue, and it says to find Pablo. He is one person among the 22 million people in Mexico City. And they only have a picture for reference, which is kind of crazy. But the the background of the picture is like a really significant and interesting building. They're able to easily ask around and say, where is this? Mm-hmm. And then once they get to that, like, town square, it doesn't seem like it's super hard to find him. Mm-hmm. So once all the teams from the first plane have pretty much made it to that independence, well, independent, <laughs> the angel of independence, <laughs> um, and are on their way to find Pablo, the second plane lands. So they're pretty, like, that's a pretty significant difference. Uh, but Aaron and Ariane do find Pablo first. Why was she carrying two backpacks? Did you notice that? So Aaron so. had a backpack on his back. Ariane had a backpack on her back and one on her front. Oh, I didn't notice. I wonder if she's going to do that the whole time. Because that know. seems like it's going to slow you way down. No, I'll have to look. I'll have to look. I didn't like notice that. But yeah. that'd be crazy to pack that much stuff. I know. Need that. Well, I actually noticed in the season that just aired, 34, I think, one of the teams only had one backpack between the two of them. So oh, that wow. they only had to carry one backpack the whole time. Wow. So people are learning how to condense, apparently. Because, yeah. yeah, if she had three backpacks, well, two, just for her. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, when they do find Pablo, he gives them another clue. And the route info says, check in at Mexi Mini Charters at Hotel de Cortez, where you will sign up for one of three charter buses for the next morning. They leave two hours apart at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. And each bus can only have four teams on it. So that's huge. That's way huge. That's literally four-hour difference. Yeah, from the first bus to the, the third bus is four hours. They don't have that hard of a time finding that mm-hmm. Hotel de Cortez. Yeah, you can kind of see during all of this that a lot of these teams do have like very basic Spanish, and it's very helpful to them. And a lot of it, I'm like, I think I could do that if I was in, if I was in Mexico. I think I could communicate that much. I probably could. I feel like I can understand Spanish better than I can speak it. Oh, yeah. Me too, for sure. But, like, talking to a taxi driver or asking where a hotel is, like, I could definitely do that. Yeah. Basic, like, important type questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took two years of Spanish in high school, but me that too. doesn't mean I learned anything. Yeah. We mostly watched Disney movies with Spanish subtitles. Yeah. We had the same Spanish teacher. Yep. 
I actually really liked that class and I really liked my teacher. And my senior year, I had Spanish seventh period, which was the last period of the day. And most of the time I would like go in and do the warm up exercises. And then me and my friends would be like, uh, can we leave? And he'd let us just go home. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how much Spanish I know. Yeah, we'll practice a little bit more before we're on the race. <laughs> so when they do check in at that charter bus place at the hotel, the first bus has Aaron and Ariane, Flo and Zach, John Vito and Jill, and Michael and Kathy. John Vito and Jill. That's another mm-hmm. double alliterative team. Yeah. The bus two is Heather and Eve, Dennis and Andrew, Damon and Andre, which is really similar to Dennis and Andrew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I typed Andrew twice. I said Dennis and Andrew and Damon and Andrew, but it's Andre. And who? Terry and Ian make it on bus two. And mm-hmm. I had no, like, they just kind of snuck right in there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see them really on the screen at all. I thought they were going to be on the last bus. And, and Well, they were on the second flight. Mm-hmm. And they're the f- only people from the second flight that got on the the second, second bus. bus. So yeah. they did pretty good. Yes, they did. Um, but all the other ones from the second flight kind of find Pablo at the same time, and it's a little chaotic and crazy. <laughs> did you notice that little boy in the background uh-uh. waving to the camera? Like, it was Aww. all the teams around the little clue stand, and he, like, pokes his head in between, and he waves to the camera. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> um, Drew and Derek, they have their taxi driver and they're like um we're gonna leave our bags in your car just wait right here okay and he said yeah i'll be right here and they go and find pablo and they come back to right here where the taxi driver said he was and he wasn't there anymore and they were like okay we were done we lost our bags we lost everything we're out of this race and they're just waiting and waiting and everybody else is gone going to check in for the charter bus and finally he comes around the roundabout or something yeah (laughs) it seemed like probably traffic just had to keep moving Mm -hmm. around like they probably couldn't just sit there and wait so that's really hard to decide because a lot of times it's like oh keep your taxi and just go Mm -hmm. get the clue and run back and go or no take your backpack with you and yeah like it's always every situation always take your backpack well okay we'll always take your backpack but you don't but still keep the taxi keep the taxi yeah true because yeah. then if the taxi decides to leave, then it's, yeah. I mean, just find another one. But yeah. Can you imagine the anxiety mm-hmm. of wondering if not only are you going to stay in the race, but if you have all of your stuff, <laughs> your know. passport, everything? I know, but I think no matter what, your passport shouldn't be in mm-hmm. your backpack. Yeah, your money and passport <laughs> and the clue. Yes. So like we said, the buses leave the next morning. So this means they have all night to be at the hotel and kind of just hang out and stuff. Did we say who were on the last bus? Oh, sorry. Gina and Sylvia, Derek and Drew, Trammell and Talisha, and Ken and Gerard. Okay. Who are all on the second flight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have them kind of just hanging out and chilling the night. Um, and then the soccer moms, they go to a little store to, like, get snacks and mm-hmm. stuff. And this little girl is there, and she's, like, so cute and nice. And she makes them cry because they miss their they little miss kids. They miss their kids. And it would make me so sad, too. She was the cutest little girl, and she, like, picked her up and held her. And As moms that would be so hard yeah and she was saying um like we did this for our kids and like well we did this for ourselves but we want to show our kids that you can do anything and all this stuff but we had to leave our kids to do this so we have to win we have no choice (laughs) so (laughs) 
But then we come to the next morning and Ken and Gerard are contemplating doing the fast forward because they are on the last bus Mm -hmm. and they kind of feel like they have no other choice, but it's very early on in the season. Yeah. So that's really hard to decide what you would do. Yeah. Do you want to use it so early? But you don't want to be the first one to go Mm -hmm. home. I think I would do the fast forward if I was on the last bus at this point. I think I might have too. Just to be on the first leg and like be you know that there's only three other teams that you have to compete against. Like that's very little odds, you know. Mm-hmm. A one in four chance of mm-hmm. going home. Yeah. Well, Derek and Drew also decide to go for the fast forward. So the fast forward for this leg is to find Santo Domingo Plaza. And in this plaza, there's a bunch of typists that type letters for people who can't read and write. And they have to find this certain typist that has a special, 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 is that right? Special. <laughs> special message. That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Special message. Special. special <laughs> it is hard. Special message. Yeah. Anyway, one of those. Yeah. So it's just whoever finds that guy first and they can leave this hotel at 745 to go to the fast forward. The first bus leaves at 8. Mm-hmm. Their bus doesn't leave till noon. Yeah, so they have plenty of time. So they can leave the hotel at 7.45 to go do the fast forward, and the plaza is, like, not that far away. Yeah, because Drew and Derek decide to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ken and Gerard get a taxi, and Drew and Derek think they can get there fast for, faster on foot. Yeah. And we find out that the taxi is faster. Yep. <laughs> they get there pretty quickly, and then they find the guy really quickly. Yeah, it didn't seem hard to find him at all. It seemed like it was going to be, like, a lot of people that they have to Mm -hmm. ask and stuff. They ask, like, three people, and they find out the right one. And Drew and Derek knew, you know, they knew it was, like, slim chances of getting it. They're like, if you guys get it, please tell us so that we're not just running around crazy trying to do it for Mm -hmm. hours. And they're like, okay, we will, you know. So And they did. And they did. (laughs) They were like, well, they were going to... So the clue the guy gives them says, go to the pit stop, drive yourself to the Hacienda san gabriel de las palmas mm-hmm. and that's where the pit stop is and they were just gonna go and they're like no let's wait and tell them you know so they did which was nice but now they have until noon to just wait yeah this is like best case scenario if you don't get a fast forward is if you have time to go back and just yeah. like that's Nothing another is reason that's another reason why I'd probably do the fast forward at this point because if you don't get it you're not going to yeah. be worse off than you yeah. were before. So these buses, these charter buses are headed to I didn't even try to write it down or <laughs> Tes Tes Okay, hold on. We're going to try this again. Tes can I said it <laughs> earlier when, before you got here, I said it. Tesquesquitengo. Tesquesquitengo. Airfield. Good job. I wasn't even <laughs> going to attempt it or even say anything. I had to rewind it about four times to type it, though, because I was like, Tess. Okay. Kess. Okay. Kit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a very difficult word. So good job. <laughs> and at this place... They get the next clue, which is a detour, and the choices are wings or wheels. Wings is to skydive, and it's scary, but quick, 
and wheels is to drive a donkey cart through like a seven mile course with a driver that doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And just a map. This is like a no brainer. Yeah. As much as I don't know if I would love skydiving, I would not hesitate to choose that in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I don't know if I would hate skydiving either. I would probably like it, but I think I've said it before. It just seems like an unnecessary risk mm-hmm. now. Yeah, but the guy said nobody has died, so. <laughs> That's not true, actually. At that sp- sp- specific well, at one. <laughs> I don't know about at that specific place. Probably nobody has died if he said no, but people do die. I know they do. Skydiving. Why it's really scary, but he said that they have not died, and I'm sure he's probably talking about that specific place, because, yeah, of course people have died skydiving. <laughs> yeah. I got statistics, actually, because I was curious. 19 people per year in the U.S. die in skydiving accidents, but to compare, 93 people a day die in car accidents in the U.S. Yeah. And obviously more people drive cars than do skydiving, but, like, if you take, like, the chances, there's a 1 in 100,000 chance per year of dying while skydiving if you just do one skydive per year. And there's a 1 in 6,000 chance per year of dying in a car accident if you drive like 10,000 miles in a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously doing a daily task like driving in a car every day is much more dangerous. But it doesn't seem like that when you're jumping out yeah. of an airplane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But when you hear 19, that just seems like too much. That does seem like a lot, right? And that's just yeah. in the US and that's per year. You would think that you'd well, hear about that a little bit more. At this specific one, he claims nobody has died. Right. (laughs) Which is a good track record. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, in the first bus, everybody chooses to skydive except for Michael and Kathy. And, like, immediately Michael's just like, no, we're going to do the donkey. And she's Mm -hmm. like, okay. Like, it wasn't an argument or anything. They just... And I, I mean, maybe they just felt more comfortable being on the first bus and... Having a little more time. Yeah. But he just really didn't want to skydive. But everybody else did it. And it looked scary, but fun, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know, fun, but... (laughs) John Vito and Jill were the first to jump out of the plane, and they get the next clue, which is to go to the pit stop. Um, And they have to drive themselves there in a van that is a manual. (laughs) Yeah. And it's 30 miles away. Yes. And speaking of pit stop, we now cut to Ken and Gerard, who arrive at the pit stop as team number one Mm -hmm. and they win a seven night caribbean cruise from royal caribbean and why did the mat not have a map on it did you notice that it was just plain black Hmm. i don't know why i just didn't notice anything (laughs) were you even watching i was watching i have like all these notes like was (laughs) i too worried about my notes like i didn't notice like little details i need to be more observant (laughs) but yeah that's weird i don't know but back to the skydiving Ariane and Aaron were the second team out of the plane, but somehow Zach and Flo landed before Ariane did. Yeah, and then Aaron said, he like turns around, he's like, where's Ariane? Yeah. And then she lands and she like seems all She's like disoriented and... Seemed like something happened, but they never say. Yeah, I don't know. And she's like upset. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish I would... They would have said like what happened. 
But the second bus arrives, and it kind of seems like all of them choose to do the donkey. Yeah. And, like, quickly choose it. Yeah. They all, like, hurry to their donkey. They don't even, like, question. They don't... I mean, one team does, but they all just do the donkey. Yeah. Heather and Eve, while they're sitting in their little cart, they're like, well, should we do the skydiving? And Eve, obviously, as we will find out in a few minutes, is, like deathly afraid of this task mm-hmm. so she really really doesn't want to do it but their donkey is going slow and their cart like f- fell off of the donkey and yeah. heather like totally face planted onto the ground yeah, right off the cart and she stands up she's like this is ridiculous we're skydiving yeah. <laughs> so she they didn't get even that far away no they like literally walk over they're like we're skydiving now and she's like so scared and they get her onto the plane and get her up there and she does it but she's like literally like bawling yeah her did you see her legs like she yeah. was kicking her legs so hard yeah. and she, she didn't like it looked really scared but it doesn't look very easy to do this donkey thing like we go to terry and ian and terry's pulling the donkey and yeah he, where was their driver he was pushing from behind oh yeah he okay was pushing from behind terry was pulling and ian was just like on standing the cart. Up and like whipping the donkey <laughs> or like steering <laughs> Yeah, they were just little donkeys. Mm -hmm. They didn't seem... They were not quick ones. Um, But then we have team number two checked in was Flo and Zach. And we have like a bunch of teams checking in one after the other. So Flo and Zach, team number three was Aaron and Arianne. Number four was Michael and Kathy. And number five was John, Vito, and Jill. They so had a hard time getting that there. That happened. Yeah. They must have had a hard time with their vehicle because yeah, it they was like left. smoking and Jill was driving and it oh, was yeah. like smoking. But they made it. Yeah. <laughs> and then bus number three arrives and they all know that this is like the maker to break it and they all choose skydive. They mm-hmm. don't even consider the donkey, which obviously is very. Yeah. There's no way. Then we have some more teams checking in, which team number six was Heather and Eve. And team number seven was Andre and Damon. Dennis we just and have Andrew. like yeah. And then team number eight was Dennis and Andrew. We just have like a lot of like jumping back and forth from like checking in yeah. to the skydiving, checking into di- skydiving. Yeah. So all three teams, like they seem like they land all at the same time. Like they're running to their vehicles at like yeah. the same time. I don't even know how that It was happened. like a mad dash. They were all like but how did they all get I'd... to jump out of the plane at the same time? Is my know. question. It was kinda but they all run to their vehicles. And Tramel and Talisha are the first ones to drive away in their van. And they just start going in a specific direction. They don't really even know where they're going. And everybody else is just kind of following them. And they're not sure where they're going, but they're hoping they're going the right way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I was watching this part very closely. Oh, okay. All I noticed was that they were all kind of struggling with their vehicles and all kind of a little bit lost. Yeah, they... They were like all a little bit lost. They were like stopping at gas stations, ask people for directions. They were asking, they were like paying people to drive in front of them to go to the mm-hmm. right place. And then um, the twins like paid somebody to drive them, and that guy didn't even know like where he was going either. <laughs> and then and Talisha was driving the van, and she like passes the moms and gets in front of them, and then she has to stop really quickly because she's about to drive over like wet asphalt. <laughs> it was kind of crazy and it was literally kind of like it was oh this is neck and neck this is down to it Mm -hmm. this person like this is gonna decide who gets eliminated and they all thought that they were last Mm -hmm. as they pulled up 
Well, so Terry and Ian did check in as team number nine. Again, mm-hmm. they kind of like snuck right in there. Yeah. And then Tramel and Talisha show up to the mat. Yeah. And they were like walking so slow and just being like real sad. They're like, the walk of shame is almost over. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> they thought for sure they were going home, but... Phil told them they were team number 10, and they were so excited. They were so excited. They, like, and it was really cute. It was funny. And I'm I'm glad they didn't get eliminated. Yeah, I definitely want to see more of them. Yeah. And then the twins think their last two, they're like, oh, we're not good at this game. Yeah, they kept saying that. <laughs> we're not great at this. We are, yeah. Yeah, we're and not good racers. But They check in as team number 11. And they were also very happy. <laughs> Which means (laughs) Gina and Sylvia are soccer moms. They run it. They were running real fast. Oh, yeah. They were like sprinting to the finish. But they are unfortunately eliminated. And their little interview at the end, they were just super nice and positive. And, you know, this was a great experience. And we are so glad that we got to show our kids that we could do this and do this together. And their little mm-hmm. southern accents yeah. they were so so what i was thinking was like if this was us and we had little kids at home like they're the first team to be eliminated but they can't go home to their kids yeah because because i looked it up we had this question last um last season like where they go after because they can't mm-hmm. go home mm-hmm. so that would be so hard yeah you got to eliminated be sitting there for 28 weeks. days yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're eliminated and you can't go home and it's your kids are at home. Like that would be like so hard. I wonder if they're able to like call home. They Well, I don't know. Because like the whole purpose of them not being able to go home is so that they don't give anything away. Yeah. So I was looking up what happens to people who are eliminated on the race. And mm-hmm. it says eliminated teams stay in Sequesterville oh. for, for a duration of the race. It says the accommodations at Sequesterville generally generally aren't as bad as it might seem. Sequestered teams receive complimentary hotel and resort services. They may talk amongst themselves and other teams, swim, watch movies, relax. They can also go sightseeing and dine out at the restaurants with their stipend. So that actually doesn't sound terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Sequestered teams are supervised at all times. Depending on their time of elimination, they may be sequestered for a few weeks or a few days until they are flown in for the finale. Locations for Sequesterville vary by season. The first season, it was in Paris, France, which would be so cool. Season two and six was in Cancun. Um, Season three and four was in Lisbon, Portugal, and season five was in Chiang Mai. So there's all different places. Can you Um, imagine how much weight you would gain being at a resort and having <laughs> free food movies. for a month <laughs> this one says most recent seasons such as season 33 and beyond the eliminated teams have to fly directly to their hometowns because of COVID-19 but mm-hmm. so we'll see how that changes that but I don't know the fourth fifth and sixth place teams may not need to go to sequesterville they could just accompany the production for the next few legs and then head to the finish line and meet up with the other teams that'd be kind of cool too just like still get to go to the new cities but not have to race really alternatively eliminated teams may be asked to perform decoy runs flying the eliminated teams to cities 
for a day or so before the final teams arrive in order to defer spoilers. Mm. So this is all stuff I didn't really know. Yeah, just kind of things you don't think about until until we do a podcast and we're like, what happens to these people? Yeah. <laughs> but to be sequestered in Paris, France for like three weeks, that'd be and somebody else is paying for it. That'd be right. I know. Yeah. Cool. I'd be okay with that. And this season, they are in Cancun. <laughs> it doesn't sound so bad, actually. Yeah. So, except for I think just the bad part is just like these moms. You know, they left their yeah. kids and they can't. It's like, oh, we're limited. That's okay. We'll go home to our family. No, we have to wait even longer and yeah. be away from them and not win. <laughs> the idea of a free vacation to Cancun sounds nice, but for because if they were eliminated first, they were there for a month. Mm-hmm. That would be a long time. Mm-hmm. That would be a long time to be at a resort. Didn't mm-hmm. you go to a resort for like ten days once, and that was too long? <laughs> <laughs> it was too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. I've been I, six days was like the longest I've been, which was just right. So. Well, Gina and Sylvia, their race statistics, obviously their average was 12 because (laughs) they ran one race, but they were the first team to finish in 12th place because season one and season two only had 11 teams. Mm. So Mm -hmm. Sylvia, she was the one that had the white shirt with a little soccer ball on it. Mm -hmm. And Gina was the one that had the brown shirt on. Sylvia is pretty active on Facebook and Instagram and she has, she's the one that has three kids. And there's lots of pictures of them doing activity, you know, like baseball games and prom and school plays. Lots of pictures with her kids and stuff. And she's an artist. She does painting and pottery. Hmm. And her Instagram is mostly like her art and stuff. And it was cute. And I couldn't find much on Gina. But I think that she was in one of sylvia's more recent pictures on facebook there was like a group of ladies in this picture and most of them had sunglasses on but her nose and her smile looked really similar to the picture like the race bio picture of gina Mm -hmm. she kind of has like a little indent on the nose and like the way that her lips were shaped i can't tell for sure but i think it was her which means that they're probably still friends, which is great. That's good. And now their kids are like almost 30. Oh my gosh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Time goes on mm-hmm. and it's always very weird. It's not going to stop being weird to see these people age when we see them later. Mm-hmm. But that is all I have on them. There's not a whole lot. I mean, I could say that we'll miss them, but... We didn't really, we didn't get, really to get to know them, so. But they were nice. Yeah. And I'm glad they did something fun for themselves. <laughs> it was a good season premiere. Mm-hmm. They went to a fun place. And where do we think they're going to go next? Maybe they go to, like, the Cancun area next, like mm-hmm. the Yucatan Peninsula. Yeah, I think they probably stay in, like, Central America. Yeah, like maybe Guatemala or Panama or something. They weren't in Mexico for very long. But, you know, they don't need to stay places very long. The point is to get around the world. Yeah. But I think maybe Central America somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one thing we wanted to do is read some listener mail. Yeah. (laughs) Because we have this sweet lady named Angela who has been emailing us. And she has like 
said that she loves the podcast and she's starting to rewatch it again and she's watching it with her kid and her kid loves the pot or loves the show. I think he's a toddler, so he probably doesn't really care that much about the podcast. But <laughs> So she emailed us a couple of days ago. And if you remember from season two, when mostly me, but sometimes Sadie, we would switch the first letter of the team's first names. So, well, in season one, I did it with Lenny and Karen. I called them Kenny and Laren a lot. Mm-hmm. You said Till and Wera. Till and Wera, yeah. So just switching the names, the first letters of the first names a lot. And she she wrote in and she said, I think we're close to the same age, but I feel that right now I'm at the age where I Google people's health problems so that I don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) So I did some research about mixing up the first syllables of words. Apparently it's no cause for alarm. It's a common side effect of fatigue. Which makes sense because we usually record these at night after our kids are in bed. You know, right now it's 11 p.m. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's what it, when we say like, this is mom life, we just fit it in when we can, (laughs) which usually means late. (laughs) Yeah. So fun fact, it's called Spoonerism after the Oxford ordained minister, William Archibald Spooner, who reportedly did this often. Hmm. So that is what it is. If anybody else has this problem, it's called spoonerism. She said she also loves Oswald and Danny and her kid loves their team name cha-cha-cha. She says, why is it that the fan favorite team is usually not the one that wins? Mm -hmm. The whole Will, Tara, Alex flirtation is annoying and I also cringed hard over Blake's touching tribute to his sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then she says, anyways, really, re- really enjoying rewatching with you guys. It's fun to see the different details each of you pick up on and hear some of the facts about the area and what has happened to the racers after the show. Keep it up. From a current Phoenician, Angela. Yeah. So, so she really Phoenix. listens. Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> she has all these like super detailed things that like if you don't listen, you would have no idea what she's talking about, but. Yeah, that made us so happy. That's what when we say, like, reach out to us, email us, you know, like, we just love that. So that was so cool to get that from her. Yes. Thanks, Angela. Shout out to Angela. And we would love to hear from all of you listening. Our email address is theamazingrace at gmail.com. And we have social media. Our Facebook page is the amazing rewatch podcast and our Instagram is at the amazing rewatch. And we've decided that we're going to record something (laughs) that we just, yeah, automatically put on the end of the episode. So we don't have to say this over and over every time because sound more organized and professional too. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we love to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening. It's been so much fun. We're on season three already and it's going to be a good season. So yeah, keep listening. See you next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. This is the Amazing Rewatch podcast. You can email us at theamazingrewatch at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at theamazingrewatch. Or you can join our Facebook group, The Amazing Rewatch Podcast. Please like, rate, and review and share with your friends and reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening. Bye.